<laughs> oh, that's a new one. Freaks and geeks. I'm trying something out. What do you think of it? I, I like, like it. it. Do yeah, do a new one every single time. I uh, yes. I just you know I improvise. <laughs> You're, you're spot crazy. on, to be honest. I'm feeling a little wild. I haven't had much human interaction <laughs> lately. So, you know, I threw, Same. I threw a new yeah. one out there. For real. I'm excited for this week. Because yeah. we didn't have last week in this topic. I'm excited. She's excited. It's First interesting. Off, I have something really exciting to share with you guys. It's just a really sweet note that we got from a listener. But I was like, I have to share this with them because... It's precious. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Um, but this is from Allison. And Allison <gasps> says, hello, ladies. My name is Allison, and I am currently deployed with the South Dakota National Guard to Djibouti, Africa. Yes, it's pronounced Djibouti. Endless fodder <laughs> for jokes. I have my eye on an It's Always Moist in Djibouti t-shirt. <laughs> I, have to, <laughs> I have to tell you gals how much I enjoy you. I like to take walks at night, the balmy, balmy nights, and listen to your podcast, and you guys never fail to make me laugh out loud. It's much appreciated when you're far, far away from home and every day is Groundhog's Day. I just thought I'd send you a message of appreciation. Thanks for the laughs. I appreciate you all. Allison, we love you. And so I wanted to share that with you all. It it was special. That's so um, much love. Allison sent it like right around Thanksgiving and I was like I never do this I'm thankful for shit because you know I try to tell people that in the moment all the time but I was like I'm feeling it's a good philosophy I'm feeling real thankful for our listeners (laughs) absolutely right 24 7 365 just I love you guys y'all are the best but shout out this started out as something that we did for ourselves, just kind of like just a hobby where we would have fun. But now I feel like we do it for the listeners, for for the ones that like really enjoy it. And it just warms, warms the hat. She's holding her hat like it's going <laughs> to fall out of a chest. She's so warm. It, it may. It may. <laughs> for real. But Allison, we're thinking about you in Djibouti. Thinking about Djibouti. <sighs> I love about Djibouti. I love Djibouti. Um, Oh, also, since the last time we met, I had my reading with my friend from my uh, mediumship class. And then our next class, we um, we shared like the what we picked up while we were reading each other. Mm -hmm. And then the other one would confirm like what lands, you know, like what was accurate. And um, then our mentor would tell us. Like, if we picked up on anything that the other person didn't understand, but she knew more about. Mm. And so um, everything that I read for my partner was, like, spot on, (gasps) except for one thing, which my mentor was then like, nope, that's exactly right. You just have to um, have to look into it more for for Mm. my partner. So interesting. But the Sam and the Dolores names... Mm-hmm. were relevant to my partner my mentor Ooh, said what? yes so who knows what that Ooh, means you doing good girl but she, she look doing at you it. it just it made me feel so much better because i went into it being like i feel like a fool and a fraud but yeah. nope <laughs> so it's in that's you. so cool i feel so cool, cool to know you <laughs> i also um i got this book based on a recommendation from another classmate 
and it's called The Psychic Witch by Matt Oren. <laughs> and um, I'm only a bit into it, but I'm I'm very excited about it. So I'll tell you as I journey through this book. But it's a good one for anyone who is interested in magic or who thinks that they might have psychic abilities. It's very cool. So I highly recommend The Psychic Witch. Oh, my God. Ooh. It was a sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> this I'll, We'll repeat it. The Psychic Witch. Psychic Witch. Matt In Warren. Case. Matt Warren. Matt re- Warren. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, just I was like, like Warren. Warren. Any relation to the Warrens? No. no. Right? Imagine. But I yeah. can uh, – I'll post it on Instagram for anyone who – Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Thinks they need it, but – yeah, so those are my updates. Have y'all been up Love to it. anything spooky? Um, you know, okay. I've been seeing just like things in the corner of my eye a lot recently. Hmm. I can't explain it. It's been happening for weeks. And I'm like, Holly, and then she's right next to me. <gasps> so it's never her. Something's I don't know up. what's going on. I Something's have- catching my drift. I've been having that a lot lately, too. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. I wonder what that's about. I don't know. Interesting. Hmm. But if more things happen, I'll let you guys know. I just found it weird that I kept, like, looking around these last couple weeks. And I was like, I better tell them about it. I wonder if someone died in your building. (gasps) Ooh, girl. And they're coming to be like, hey. Come find me. Yeah. Oh, because they're still there. Yes. Yeah, and they got to pay oh rent. My God. You know, the beginning of the month, they're probably trying to uh, to pay rent because that's and our what capitalism is does. So sticky. <laughs> I'll find um, you. Just keep knocking. Keep knocking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, I th- I think it's time. Shall we get started? I think it's time. All right. Did yes. we introduce uh, ourselves? Oh no, we're we're oh. about to. Oh. we're getting there. We're the Golden Ghouls. Alyssa, Kylie, Emily, and it's time to get spooky. Ooh. Holly, did you drop something from the table? I heard that. Holly's going yeah. gray. She that was her intro to the show. Yeah. Uh, like Kylie said, we got it. We have a fun. Is it fun? We have an. It's interesting, not fun. We have an know. interesting <laughs> episode this week. The topic is not something that we usually usually you know are drawn to. But uh, it was recommended by, uh, or should I say requested by a patron and an angel on earth, Matthew. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are talking about the hauntings of World War II. Mm -hmm. Sites relevant to World War II, weird sightings in the aftermath. We're getting into it. Just weird, spooky things. Around the World War II. And yeah. the ghouls and I were talking before we even started this episode. Each one of us was fairly interested in World War II growing up. Back in the day, back in high school, we, yeah. we really enjoyed learning about it. I don't know if it's because we have, we've had relatives fight or we just like the history of it. I don't know. Yeah. I remember in high school, my English teacher, one of my English teachers had a, a movie about World War II, and I took it home to watch it. 
before dinner one night and I watched the whole thing and it just really hit me hard. Yeah. And I remember coming to dinner and my dad was like, something's wrong with Emily. And he was like, Emily, are you okay? And I was like, <laughs> and I just broke down, guys. The I war. just started crying. And I was like, the war. And everybody <laughs> had to yeah. die. And I just couldn't stand it. Dad, you ever heard of World War II? I know. That in Vietnam really got me in the guts. Yeah, I mean, all of them really just mm-hmm. slap you right, right in the face. face. Ugh, we don't love it. But, we're uh, going to talk about it. We, yes, we don't love what happened, but it is, you know, you have to you have to learn from your history, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, history <laughs> buffs don't come from us because we don't claim to be experts, but I can kick it off. It's a good idea. Yeah. Um, so this is the Clark Air Base in the Philippines. And uh, it's safe to say it's freaking spooky. So a little bit of history on the place. So American air power in the Western Pacific began in March of 1912 when this guy, Lieutenant Frank Lamb, established the Philippine Air School with a single aircraft. Just one. But you know what? That's all you need. All you need for the school. So five years later, that and a chalkboard, exactly right. Mm -hmm. That's all he had out in the middle of a big empty field was one plane and one small chalkboard. (laughs) But you know what? Those boys knew how to fly. Yep. Then five years later, construction on the first five of their eight hangars at the base started. The final three hangars were completed by the 3D Aero Squadron of the U.S. Army in 1919. So, you know, this spot's been there for a hot minute. Yeah, since World War One, it sounds. Yeah, since the olden times. So the first airmen at Clark Field also constructed their dormitories in September of 1919. So people have been living on the grounds or were living on the grounds years and years and years ago. Uh, the airfield was officially named after Major Harold M. Clark, and when it was completed, Clark Field became the only American airdrome west of Hawaii. So this was a big deal. Fast forward to World War II. It's the 8th of December, 1941. Mm. And this General Douglas MacArthur who had recently been called back to active service and placed in command of all U.S. and Philippine forces. So he was a big boss. He had known of the attack on Pearl Harbor since about five in the morning. So he was hip to what was happening, but he insisted on delaying any hostile act by the forces under his command until the Japanese committed an overt attack on the Philippines. So he's just Mm. waiting it out. That sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this was in accordance to instructions received from General George Marshall over in Washington. So he's Mm. just doing what he's told, you know. Mm -hmm. It's also likely that MacArthur was influenced by his close friend, the president of the Philippines, Manuel Quezon. Yes, who wanted the Philippines to remain neutral and thus be spared of a Japanese attack. You know what? 
Respect, well. Prez. <laughs> but little did he know what was coming. So this guy, Major General Lewis H. Brereton, history buffs, tell me if I'm wrong. I probably am. He was the Far East Air Force commander. He met with Major General Richard Sutherland, MacArthur's chief of staff, and argued in vain that the bombers at Clark should be allowed to strike military targets on Taiwan, which was the location where everyone felt the Japanese attack was going to come from. So he's like trying to get shit ready. Mm. He feels like it's a Bruin. He wasn't wrong. So eventually, Brereton got permission to send one B-17 bomber on a reconnaissance mission to the north. But the attack came on Clark Field. Maintenance crews were in the process of preparing that reconnaissance plane. They were changing the bomb loads in from other B-17s and refueling their planes Um which had just come in from patrol and the air crews who were, you know, supposed to be monitoring stuff were on lunch. So they were basically just sitting ducks, not knowing what was going to happen. This attack from the Japanese comes 80 people were killed that day on the base and 150 (laughs) were wooing, wounded were wooing. (laughs) (laughs) They were wounded. <laughs> they were wounded. Oh. They were wounded. <laughs> I hate my life. Okay, you know what? I got. I got. I did so well. I did really so did. well until the. You're still doing well. The very last sentence. Okay. You did not wound it. I wounded it. Okay. So sh- shit went down basically, and they were not prepared for it. Even though they could have been, they were preparing. They were just. It was too little, too freaking late. So the base eventually fell to Japanese command in 1942, and American prisoners of war were forced to march past those once welcoming gates of the base as part of the Bataan Death March. So, like, this this was really the start of something. The base was later reclaimed in 1945, and its hospital served to care for American soldiers before they were sent home. So it it was it was a big deal, the old the the Clark Air Base. So the base has since been abandoned, but quiet it is not. So mm-hmm. many hauntings have been reported that it's widely considered to be one of the most haunted places in the entire world. What? What a claim. Yeah, bold claim. Bold (laughs) AF. And I I had never, I mean, I'm sure I've seen its name on lists here or there, but I didn't know much about it. So I was Mm. excited to to hear how haunted it is and to learn some more. So Nat Geo TV actually featured the location as part of their I Wouldn't Go In There series. (laughs) I wouldn't go in there. They wouldn't go in. All right. Um, and they featured it because of all the stories they'd heard and the history attached to the base. And so they the didn't go in. I think they went in for the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they just told us about it and showed some pics. But I didn't watch it. But it's Nat Geo. It's out there somewhere. Sounds like a good series. Sounds good to me. It sounds spooky. But uh, the old hospital is particularly 
particularly active, which is not surprising. So within the first floor ward, there was this pediatric center because families lived on the base. And people have heard babies screaming and crying on many occasions. They've also heard the sound of running down the halls. Most say it sounds like children's footsteps because they're light and quick. Sounds like a kid running down the hall chasing another kid, maybe. Okay. I don't like that. No. The description, <laughs> light and quick. Excuse swift, me? Swift ghosts? No. No. No, thank you. You're coming to my front door that fast? No. Slow I'm down. I'm like some slow. Slow down. Yeah. Calm down. No running in the halls. What know? do you need to get here so fast for? Nothing good. Yeah. Those who get into the hospital today to roam around also report that the lights will turn on and off, which I'm not shocked because this is an abandoned building. Uh, So, you know, the electrical work is probably not their top priority. They're just really trying to keep trespassers out because they do have security on staff. But, uh, Mm. yeah, so, you know, I'm not too spooked by the lights, but people have been. And you know what? It's not for the faint of heart. The worst part, though, is that there are r- reports that the spirits of the hospital are not friendly at all. People who have been brave enough to enter have reported that debris has been thrown at them with force from seemingly nowhere. Whoop. People have heard angry shouting and violent screaming And some visitors have even been attacked by unseen forces. And you know what? It would make sense that there's some angry energy there. You know, it was a a rough time. There were people who were being held there against their will um, Mm -hmm. when the Japanese had taken over. There were people who were injured in the war. Not not the best place to be, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Many also claim to have cited apparitions and shadow figures throughout the hospital. Some have even seen, on multiple occasions, a figure crouching down and peering out from behind the pillars at them. Crouching figure, hidden pillar. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Good one. And a lot of people have seen full body apparitions in the morgue. What was the morgue? So, that, I mean, I'm not surprised. What are by they that doing in there? You know, they're just <laughs> living. And by that, I mean they're not. And then when folks leave the hospital, they often report having violent nightmares for months on end. They're just tortured by. By their visit. Sucks. Sounds like PTSD. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what that's what's happening at the Clark Air Base. I would not go in there. At, mm-hmm. That's what Nat Geo said, and I don't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> um, there you have it, Queens. I just a plane just went by overhead yeah. like, just now. <laughs> so I feel like that's a sign. That I should go next. I thought I heard that. Okay, right. I totally I thought, there's been two a, so far. It's like, I what I was is she going gonna say? crazy? I thought I was going like deaf in one ear. My hearing felt weird. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, okay, I guess this is how that my left ears 
<laughs> ability to hear goes. That's fine. There was one that be- that went by right before you started, and then there was one just now. That I don't know if it's just because I'm closer to the window, so I happen to be paying attention to them going by. But I swear there there's not usually this many this time of night. But they're celebrating <gasps> the the stories. Oh my God, that's yeah. my nightmares. Thank you for for the for the preface, planes. So, very excited about this topic. Mm. What's cooler than ghost planes, folks? Nothing. <laughs> oh my god, and nothing. The Your topic is wild. ghost planes, and there are ghost planes flying yeah. over you. Right. If, I feel like that's what a, a good like. Dink. <laughs> if that's not I a sign. Like, if, if it's not a sign. I don't know what is. When ghost planes Ghost planes fly. is a good, like, DJ from LA name, I feel. <laughs> Am I right? I'm right. You're really right. I'll give them a listen. Yeah. So the term, ghost planes, is, I guess you could say, it's an actual unofficial phenomena of seeing and hearing planes from times of war in the sky when there's no record or or flight records of them actually being there. Uh, And I'm just going to read, I'm going to read one excerpt in a little bit, but according to (laughs) historycollection.com, many ghost plane stories are told about the area of Dark Peak, which is known for being the location of more than 50 plane crashes over the years. So that's a hefty number. And... So one of these ghost planes was spotted over England and it wasn't, I mean, let's talk about PTSD again. It wasn't like something brought on by PTSD and it wasn't like some weird freak apparition um, because there were multiple people that saw this plane and it actually happened more recently in 2015. And again, it was over Dark Peak uh, and that's located in Northern Derbyshire and there was this World War II plane seen flying in the sky. (laughs) And again, several people saw this, and it was identified by the RAF pilots, um, the Royal Air Force, um, who obviously know their shit when it comes to World War II planes and planes in general. Mm -hmm. They better know their shit. (laughs) They're like, yeah, that's a World War II bomber plane, no doubt. And two of these RAF members, they actually like had a little battle. One was saying, no, this is definitely a Lancaster, which is like a four engine, like very heavy bomber used by the RAF. And then another pilot was like, mm, no, this is, this is a smaller liberator bomber that was used by the Americans. So, okay, so okay. Yeah. So we're like, is it an American plane? Is it, you know, uh, is it, British? Is it English? <laughs> Another witness said that it was definitely too small to be a Lancaster, but they noticed that it had an antenna and it was camouflaged, which again signals, okay, it's it's a war craft. So this plane never landed and there was no record of any scheduled flights. Uh, there were no, you know, flight records whatsoever. And what's interesting is that it was also completely silent as it flew by um and if you know your world war ii bomber planes they're 
loud AF, especially like a Lancaster or a Liberator. It's like that deep roar you you hear in movies or in documentaries. Or if you're old enough to uh, have been through that war, then you know. Hi, Mimi. <laughs> so this is not the only ghost plane to be seen in this area. Um, even more recently, which makes me want to go on over there, uh, in 2017, there was... Uh, there were several people that said that they saw a Douglas Dakota, and I had never heard of this type of plane Ooh, before. But a Douglas it, Dakota, a Douglas Dakota, but it was uh, another RAF plane, and no more are in operation. Obviously, um, one witness said that they that it looked like something was wrong with the plane, like it was maybe like an engine was out. It didn't look like it was it was doing its thing correctly. It looked like it was coming right towards them. Uh, another person said that the plane kind of turned sideways and then disappeared into thin air. Uh, after doing some research, there was, there have been historical records that a Douglas Dakota did crash in this area in the 1940s. Hmm. So why, why the heck are people seeing an apparition of this plane crashing now in 2017? Well, I have a question. Could it be like one of them car shows where people have old World <laughs> War II airplanes and they take it for a roundabout? I don't think they'd about. be in the air. They take it for she a roundabout. She's just putting out all the possibilities, you know. You know? They're like, watch this baby show. fly. I put a little sound propellant on my propeller. <laughs> <laughs> it's soundproof. Imagine. You know, you never. I don't know, but probably Imagine. not. It's probably goes plain. Ooh, maybe it's like modern day technology, but the shell is that of an old plane to really <laughs> oh. to really mess with people. That'd be a fun like art project if you were rich. Yeah. Which I'm gonna go off the tracks for a second, off the rails. <laughs> um, I'm gonna sidetrack for a second. the The mysterious monolith that was in Utah, uh-huh. folks. It's not, it's, it's not it's aliens. Not, it's, it. it has like modern day, like nails and craftsmanship and it was kind of shitty anyway. And now it was most recently seen in Romania. At first I was like, okay, this is a bunch of rich kids doing some art project. And by rich kids, I mean like adults with yeah. money who go to Burning Man. Um, and now I'm thinking, which is really disappointing. It's probably like some marketing thing. Oh God, no! This is so annoying. <laughs> we wanted or, a monolith, right? If this is My Jeff Bezos coming at us with a Christmas, <laughs> oh, with a Christmas promo. I'm gonna be real pissed. Friggin Shop evil small, Jeff y'all. Bezos. Shop small, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Am I right? At the anyway. end of the episode, we'll shout out some of our favorite small uh, businesses. Let's good do idea. Okay. Anyway, proceed, Kyle. I just got we'll share about small we'll share in the stories as well. Okay, so another another plane, a B seventeen. So it was a very cold November day, nineteen forty four. This is the excerpt I'm going to read to oh, you guys good. from historycollection.com. When an anti aircraft crew stationed in Belgium saw a large plane coming toward them, the RAF unit recognized the plane as an American B seventeen the so-called Flying Fortress. The sighting was strange because the landing gear was down and the plane was coming in fast. 
There were no landings scheduled, and so the men on the ground assumed that the plane was making an emergency landing. They were correct, but the reason for the emergency landing was something they never expected. The plane landed and looked largely intact. The landing was rough and bouncy. It was clear to the men on the ground that something was wrong with the whole situation, as the plane nearly clipped a wing before coming to a stop in an open field. So for 20 minutes, no one approached the plane, waiting for the crew to come out and explain what had happened. Finally, those on the ground got restless and decided to approach the plane, even as the engines continued their loud growl. But when the hatch opened, the silence within the plane was more deafening than the roar of the engines. There was no crew. Not a single person was found in the plane. But there were, or there was evidence that a crew had been on the plane recently. There were half-eaten candy bars and a navigator's codebook with the colors of the day, which suggested that a crew had been on board that day. Even more mysterious were the neatly packed parachutes, enough for an entire crew, but completely untouched. Whatever had happened, it looked at first that the crew had completely vanished and the plane had just landed itself. So, well, at first, this definitely seemed like... You know, this is a spooky ghost story, which is what we, all of us, are hoping for. Um, But after some investigation, you know, with the military, um, basically the the plane malfunctioned. It took a hit. The plane was unable to fly. So the crew threw everything off the plane to basically lighten the load Mm -hmm. so that the landing wouldn't be as brutal. And then they bailed out of the plane. And as the B-17 came towards um, Germany, the problem with the engines seemed to resolve itself. And so the the plane, the B-17, basically did fly itself. Um, Without all of its engines functioning, it wasn't really able to stay in the air. And that's why it did eventually land. Um, And that landing was witnessed by the RAF crew. But, I mean, imagine <laughs> imagine being on the ground and seeing that and then going up to the plane, opening the hatch, and there's just no one there. <laughs> and all of the parachutes are there. You're just like, huh? Spooktacular. Spooky. <laughs> I would love for that to be real. <laughs> um, so I have one more little story, and this is a little more historic than spooky, um, but it's something that I remember reading about years and years ago. So, I mentioned earlier about a Liberator bomber. So, the American B-24D Liberator bombers, they were the bomb during the 40s. Mm. Uh, They were actually nicknamed the Flying Coffin uh, by those on board of one of the the B-24D planes because these planes, the controls were really difficult to move they were like very heavy and stiff so like when you're when you're flying (laughs) and you know you're either in battle or you're um you know you there's a raid or you need to make an emergency landing like you have these like stubborn stiff controls like not good Mm. also the liberators had only one exit and it was near the tail, so the completely opposite side of where the crew is. So it was almost impossible for the crew to reach the the exit from the flight deck when wearing a parachute. Um, 
because you know those things are huge and if there's what seven to 12 people on board that's how are you going to get off that plane and everyone's just like compact and stuck (laughs) so one liberator named lady be good uh, along with the entire crew mysteriously disappeared during the crew's first combat mission uh, which was a raid they were bombing docks in naples italy on april 4th uh, 1943 as one does i suppose in 1943 mm. <laughs> so they just completely disappeared like no everyone was like okay so where's lady be good where's where's the crew no one knew 15 years later in 1958 there there was a team there was an expedition team from british petroleum uh they were in the southern Sahara Desert. Another plane's going by right now. I know. I heard. It's <laughs> <laughs> happening. So funny. It's lady be good. So they were, right? They were in the southern Sahara Desert, and they came upon a plane crash. Um, and they discovered that it was actually lady be good. And this was very odd because American B-24s were not supposed to be in this area of the world during World War II. Um, they didn't have any missions there. And Lady Be Good was supposed to land on the Libyan coast after completing that raid in Italy. So it was very odd to just randomly come across this plane crash. And at this point, it looked like the plane had somehow landed itself because there were no remains on board. So how how did the plane get there? <laughs> Where did the crew go? So this team returned a year later to investigate further, and according to the Atlanta Constitution article, they found water still fresh enough to drink, coffee that still had coffee flavor, machine guns and radios still in working order. But records aboard the bomber stopped right after the attack on Naples. So this article made people lose their noggins. They were like, oh my god, the plane's haunted! The crew is stuck on board, sipping coffee as ghosts. Which leads me to ask a very important question. How do ghosts like their coffee? This isn't a joke, but I think we can, together, as a team, maybe maybe come up with... I'm going to say black. We'll, we'll create just, a joke from just this. Straight, just straight Black like their souls. There's no cream. Okay. You know, we, we have to think, we have to make this punny. Oh, so someone, be punny? I was trying to be someone's serious. Someone's got something. I just someone's know got it. something. Comment on a, really on, on any post and we'll come up with something. Anyway. Just shout it and we'll hear it somehow. You know? <laughs> How to ghost like their coffee. So this specific expedition, this did answer some questions. Such as, okay, the plane did crash. It crashed in the Sahara Desert. Um, they they drank coffee. <laughs> However, there were still no remains of the crew. And yet it landed. So a U.S. expedition team went out to the Sahara Desert uh, in the 60s. They were like, okay, so we need to... We need to search for the remains for the families of, of those crew members and also to just get the bottom of this, to get to the bottom of this. So they ended up finding four of the crew members' remains. Uh, and then another wildly funded expedition was able to locate the other five crew members. And they were all 
found uh, within varying distances from the crash site. So they, what ended up happening was that the crew had bailed out by a parachute and basically survived eight days in the desert with essentially no supplies. Damn. And Lady Be Good's co-pilot, Lieutenant Robert Toner, he had a diary with him. And in one of his last entries, wrote that they were still waiting for help, still praying. Uh, oh my jeez! So, I'll be I'll be honest. I feel like waiting for fifteen plus years is a bit long. But oh my god, another plane is going by. They are really they're trying to give us a backing track to this episode. <laughs> Why are so many planes going over Salem at ten thirty p.m. <laughs> right now? Something's happening. Uh, um, so those, for those who are interested, you might recognize this name. Just a few years ago, Roger Connor of the Aeronautics Department at the National Air and Space Museum, he discussed the legends attached to Lady Be Good's disappearance. So one legend was that the crew uh, had been captured by the Bedouin tribes and made slaves in Africa, uh, which, I mean, that... I feel like I would I would watch that movie. Mm-hmm. I would read that book. Uh, there was also another rumor that he debunked that parts from the crashed uh, plane were installed in another aircraft, which then also mysteriously crashed, uh, which again is very interesting, but it, it ended up not being true. All of the parts or most of the parts were still intact when the when the plane was found. Um, you can go see a lot of the items from Lady Be Good in the, uh, at the National Air and Space Museum. And I would like to go see these items to see if something feels a little off. Because I, I mean, I bet you these items are haunted or there's something attached to them. Well, it's just my guess. It's just my guess. I bet your guess is right. Yeah. And there are, there are a few more. I don't want to take up the rest of the time, but, um, you know, we can go back to this. We can. You just let us know, peeps. Y'all, I you just, just let us know. Talking about this plane crash made me think of a TikTok I saw the other day. Oh God! <laughs> that said oh, that no. that said that Amelia Earhart was likely ripped apart by coconut I crabs. I saw that. I saw that too. I saw an article about that because okay. they found her like shit on some island. Yeah, they found some like freckle cream that she was known to use. Yeah. And then originally when they tested the bones, they were like, it's not her. But more recently they tested the bones and they were like, it is her. And the the bones like showed that they had been ripped from mm-hmm. a body. Like they had been ripped apart. Mm-hmm. Ew. But I bet like I... If that did happen, if she was on that island, I bet she died and then and they then ripped her they apart. got her. Yeah. yeah. That that's my guess too. Let's hope. <laughs> I hope. Rip Amelia. <laughs> we have the same birthday. Oh my gosh, July twenty fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh wow. And Jalo. Wow. And, and my my dearest Mitch. And Mitch. Oh my god. Oh yeah. How, duh, how so many forget? people. Yeah. All queens, to be honest. All mm-hmm. queens. Also, I watched uh, a comedy special the other day because I have nothing else to do with my life anymore of um, Michelle Buteau. 
I think is how you say her last name. Oh, and yeah. she was saying that her birthday is July 24th. And she had recently oh. filmed a, a movie with J-Lo and was like trying to act like she didn't know everything about J-Lo. And when she found <laughs> out that she <laughs> pretended to find out J-Lo's birthday and was like, oh, my God, girl, we got the same birthday. So it's That's it's so a funny. popular B-Day. It really is. Yeah. Wow. All right. have to watch that. Why don't I wrap this pot up for us, huh? Wrapper. Holly, I'm gonna I'm gonna get over there. I'm gonna kiss you straight on the mouth. Oh, get down. <laughs> yes, that's what I thought. All right. <laughs> so, guys, we talked about ghost planes, but have you ever heard of a possessed ship? Possessed. A possessed <laughs> Poseidon. Yes, ma'am. My God, I haven't. It's frightening. <laughs> it's terrifying. This one comes straight out of World War II. The SS Alchemos. I'm pretty sure that's mm-hmm. how you pronounce it. If it's not, that's how Emily pronounces it. Alchemos, Alchemos. Because mm-hmm. the name it's changed great. a couple of times. The SS Alchemos. I'm getting this from the historycollection.com, just like Kylie. We love it. Good friends They're of They're a reputable ours. site, so... Got a lot of good info. Yep. Yeah. So this ship was known as a cursed ship, you guys, from the very jump, from the get-go. Damn. From day uno. Never stood a chance. It never stood a chance. The ship got started during World War II, like I said, and it was during the time when they pushed production, right? They were like, let's get them out there. We need the bang, bang, boom, boom, kapows. Right in the sea, right now. And they weren't thinking about stability. They weren't thinking uh-uh. about quality. They weren't thinking about the people doing the work. Which is like, why would you skimp on quality when these things are supposed to be out there helping you win a war? Right. But that's not my business. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it is your business. It's all of our business. You want the yeah. bang, bang, booms, and you're not going to do the drills right? Yeah. Boy, get out. And that's get. what they did. They built this sucker in 10 days, you guys. It wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. The corners were cut, all right? And and the you know, the ramshackle of the ship was just apparent from the start. But there uh, were rumors mm-hmm. that turned out to be true. You know what happened, y'all? Welders were sealed into a hull of no. the ship. suffocated and died that's so bad there were bodies in the ship what the fuck from day one jeez low who who did that cutting corners who did this i don't know but i'm not a part of their business anyways these dead wilders were only some of the rumors that plagued the SS Alchemos about why it's so haunted. They removed the bodies, thank God. But those oh. guys died in there, right? Uh, yeah. Tragic. Once it was put out to sea, after they removed the bodies, its cursed reputation continued, you guys. The original name was George M. Shriver. <laughs> I don't know why they named it after George M. Shriver, but they did. That was the name of the ship. It quickly changed, though, to the Vigo Hanston. I don't know why. Just had a couple months out in the sea, and they were like, this ain't a good name. Vigo it is. You know? Identity crisis. 
It had one. Yeah. Been there. <laughs> Maybe it was because the wilder space sealed up and they were like, well, we christened it. And then, you know, we it had wasn't a great christening. So let's rechristen. So Vigo it was. But from the moment it was named the Vigo and put into service, October 11th, 1943, it was plagued with technical difficulties. The ship would often break down. And by August of 1944, it witnessed another horrible trauma, a brutal murder-suicide. Good God. Mm-hmm. The ship was parked in Naples. Yep, parked. She was And uh, somebody was pissed, you know, and I don't know why, but Maud E. Stein was involved in the pissage. And the person decided to kill Maud and then kill himself. Yeah. And so they think Maud haunts the ship. In 1944, Maud was a Canadian radio operator for the Vigo. Canada became involved in the Second World War when it first broke out in 1939, but would not allow women to fight in the army. So Maud was an operator. Much like type, right? You know? Get in, girl. Do what you can. Or, you know, I don't like war, so I don't know. But as a result, though, many women signed up to help on these ships. Yeah, so Stein served on the ship for around six months. And when the ship was being used to transport gliders to Naples, the gliders were being unloaded, and it was said that Maud Stein was shot dead by another member of the crew. And then Mm -hmm. right after, he committed suicide. Poor Maud. I know. So because the incident was so horrific, the military said that Stein had been killed by enemy fire and was classed as the first woman from Toronto to die in service. Stein Uh, was buried in Italy. Bunch of Malone Malone, right? Yeah. Rough. So maybe maybe Stein was like, yeah, I'm going to keep this ship cursed. Who knows? But I don't know. I don't think she would. I, you know what? I don't blame her if she is haunting it. She was just trying to stack her paper, get a little coin for her family, and this is what happened. I know, and this is what she ended up with. Bullshit. I know. But tragic. So after the war, the ship changed hands again, you guys, before it was finally rechristened as the Greek ship, the SS Alchemos. But with bad mm-hmm. luck and technical technical difficulties, it continued to follow a ship of stories of hauntings. And in 1963, the ship en- ended up running aground off the coast of West Australia. The propeller was so damaged and efforts were made to tow the ship. But as soon as they started to tow, um, it was, oh, well, they took it apart in Hong Kong. And then they tried to tow it away. And when they tried to tow it away, the ship the ship that was towing it caught fire. Jesus oh, no. Christ. Yeah. So that was no good. And then they tried to do it again, and the tow cable snapped. And the ship ran aground again. Uh, let her go, honey. Let her go. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> that is kind of what happened. I'm going to like cut it short because it just all these... They just tried and tried to keep it on the sea, and it wasn't going to happen. Like, fires, cables snapping, 
engines just running to the ground. They were like, you know what? The ship is going to sink. And so it did. But now it's an abandoned salvage, like off of, I think it's off of West Australia. I'm pretty sure. Sorry, I should have wrote it down. But, um, but yeah, you can go diving in the ship, and I don't advise it because it's said that divers go missing. Hmm. Yeah, it's around New Zealand and Australia, and paranormal activity is abundant. So don't go diving Same. around there. It doesn't need to happen. It's a cursed what? ship. What are people are people seeing apparitions or they're just no? It's going just missing? says divers go missing around the ship, and people are advised to avoid the area. Whoa. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, maybe go down, see if Maud's there. I feel like <laughs> you were not. Tell, tell Maud we said hi, and we, we know that she did not deserve what happened to her. Right. Whew. Damn. That Ridiculous ship was just stuff. Not, not meant to live, honey. No. Mm-hmm. Possessed Poseidon from the very yeah. beginning. From the very beginning. Just I from can't the believe they wielded workers into the ship. I mean, let them out, you know? That's such an awful, you're like a day's work and I, and you kill me. Yeah. I have, I may propose, may I propose another name change? Yeah. So if we're going to say possessed Poseidon, Mm -hmm. it's the PP, we can call it the SSPP. The SSPP. Ooh. Rolls off the tongue. The SSPP. The SSPP. Yeah. Stay away. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, like, the Black Swan Inn as, like, there's some kind of demonic thing going on there. (laughs) It was just not meant to be, you know? Like, there's a... Yeah. 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 Something attached to it. Well, damn. Shit got spooky. We got ships. We got planes. We got more planes. What don't we have? I don't know. We had a train going by during from my house. And <laughs> about five planes when I was greeting and then none as soon as I stopped. Yeah, I think that that was sound effects for your uh, for your story. Yeah. But thank you, Sky. Thank you, Sky. Damn, that was spooky. Well, before we go, our small yeah. business shout out. Okay. Yes, can't wait. I'm gonna name a few faves for y'all. You've heard us talk about Pearl Candle Company. Mm-hmm. We'll talk we about them until the end of time. And I also got the exclusive that there is a ghouls candle restock coming. Yay. So that's Woo! just, you know, stock up. I'm telling you, my family loves these freaking candles. And so do I. Your friends, anyone you want to buy them for is going to lose their mind. Pearl candle. Lose it. Stocking stuffer. I'm, I'm making a, a large purchase. Uh, Tomorrow, actually. So I'm just going to give one, like, in addition to a gift to each person. Good idea, um, They're girl. just, they're great. Yeah. They're great. I'm, I got, I'm filling up my cart as we speak to, to give mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. for the holidays. I need to do our, that. Uh, our friend Joshua also is an incredible Such artist. Such a cool artist. And I think that people will really love uh, the designs that mm-hmm. Joshua's got. You can find them at wolves hollow on instagram some really cool shirts 
And then um, another one that I think people will enjoy is Madam Whiskers. They make like cute, spooky stuff. It, just just check them out. But those are those Very are the cute. ones I'm I'm shouting out real quick. Okay, yes. cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another one um, for those who love turquoise and jewelry and things that are you know carefully crafted and handmade. Uh, Nico Beth Jewelry is amazing. NicoBethJewelry.com or on Amazon. Oh my God. God forbid. Do not go on Amazon. On Instagram, it's N-I-K-O dot Beth dot Jewelry. Her stuff is amazing and stunning. Beautiful. Yeah. She has like some flash sales sometimes, but great for gifts for for the the special ladies and men in your life. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan. And then I got one. Oh my God. I am a lover of Margot Page brand. Yeah. Do so you guys know at MargotPage.com? The bag lady, guys. If you want to look hot and smoking hot, <laughs> you need one of these bags. No joke, though. One of her, um, those, those black bags that come inside some of the clear, uh, she does a lot of clear, transparent bags for, you know, stadium purposes. They're going to, you know, concerts even though those aren't happening anymore they're very chic and cool designs that you still want to wear them out but she's also come up with this new like metallic collection and nylon bags that brings me straight back to the 90s and prada and i'm obsessed but there's this black insert that comes in some of the clear totes and it's the purple the purple it's the purple it's the perfect travel bag it's like the best thing in the world, everybody needs one. That could be a stocking stuffer for your friends too. Yes. So Marco Page shop small, you guys. Amazon yeah. don't need your money. Walmart don't need your money. Don't even think it's about true. it. They don't. They don't. Yeah. If y'all, if y'all like this segment, let us know. I think it's kind of fun to shout out some of our faves for the holiday season while y'all are are shopping for your loved ones. But yeah. Oh. Well, well, thanks for coming, guys. We hope you loved it. We hope you got spooked. And uh, until next time, stay spooky. Insert plane engine noise here. (laughs) 